ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Audra Smith was born and raised by her grandparents in a quiet suburb of Little Rock, Arkansas. For Audra, life is great as it can be until the night of her high school graduation, where she escapes a near-death situation her grandparents are not so lucky. After being shunned and blamed for the death of her grandparents, Audra packed up everything she has left and moved to a city she knows nothing about. Years later, she's now in Florida and is living a quiet life, fearing that God has cursed her because the couple of men she has entertained have tragically left her life. Audra has finally settled into her life of being alone until Altreo Coleman stumbles into her life. A reformed thug, Adreo Coleman was born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida, but spent the better part of his life in the Marines until a freak accident caused him to to be medically discharged. While trying to adjust back to civilian life, he gets back with his high school sweetheart, Chelsea Turner, hoping that she can bring some normalcy to his life, but she does everything but that, and it leaves him being a single father. Atreo and Audra met by chance, but it didn't go as planned because neither of them were looking for anything special. But the chemistry between the two is undeniable. When Audra feels herself falling for Atreo, she starts to pull back, not wanting him to get hurt or killed because of the curse she feels she has. Will Atreo let Audra push him out of her life, or will he fight to show her that he is the one made to love her? Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophiles Bookcase. We are here for the last episode of the year, honey, literally on New Year's Eve. And let's just jump right into it because, honey, it is a whole lot. So the book is Made for Loving You by Bianca. Um, Like I said before, if you saw my little bonus episode, I never had a chance to read this book when she was selling it on her website, but now because you know it's on Amazon and I have the Kindle uh subscription I jumped right on it um I love this book anyway um (laughs) so let's start with uh the book starts with Audra Smith we're getting her backstory she was um a baby born sick and her parents didn't want to raise her so they passed her off to her grandparents and, you know, she's had a rocky relationship with them ever since. Um, she is a high school graduate. It's the day of her graduation. So, you know, she's getting ready. But while she's getting ready, um, there's something going on with their house. Their house is an older house. And um, the wiring isn't working or it's all messed up. So, her grandmother who she calls like she calls her grandparents mom and dad so she tells her mom you know I'm gonna call the company again and get them to come out here and see if they can come out here today to see 
what's wrong with the house. And so they get that set up and, you know, she goes on to her graduation. She was valedictorian, so she gave a beautiful speech and everything is going good until, you know, at the end, her biological parents are there and she's just looking like, you know, why did they even show up? Because the dad tries to say something to her but she like completely ignores them and she has younger siblings the parents went on to have I believe three more children or two more children and you know so that's another reason why she's upset with them because it's like you gave me away under the guise that you couldn't take care of me but then you go on to have two more children and it's like you never try to give me back nothing I'm just passed off as the one you didn't want and um so that ends badly although her dad is trying to tell her you know don't let them upset you rise above all that stuff that people always tell you when it's like no I'm allowed my hurt feelings um so she's on FaceTime with her boyfriend who is also a valedictorian of his school and he was working on his speech and then the fire alarm goes off so you know she goes to check out what it is and a fire has started in the house so she runs back to her room and grabs a bag and like is stuffing the most important things that she could think of to grab in the bag and then she goes looking for her parents like you know come on we can jump out this window let's go but they both tell her like you know we're too old. We might die if we jump out the window anyway. It's too much of a risk. You know, you go ahead. We love you, but you go. Don't try to save us. And, you know, she tried to fight a little bit, but they just laid in the bed and said, you know, no, this is it for us. We love you. And it's like, do you know how she's 18? Do you know how hard it is to make that decision? Because I can't it's hard like I thought about it and I'm just like would I have stayed in the house as well because it's like if y'all not gonna make it I'm not gonna make it either like we just all gonna die together or do I do what they asking me and I you know jump out the window and leave them and that's what she did and so when she jumps out the window though um As the, I think what the firemen get there, she passed out. So anyway, when she wakes up, she wakes up in the hospital and her boyfriend is there as well as two lawyers from that wiring company that she had called to come look at the house. And they're trying to ask her questions about what happened and basically like get ahead of the story that it's their fault that the house caught on fire. And... She was, man, she was too calm for me. Because she was like, you know, um, basically threatening them like, I could get y'all in trouble for trying to bribe me. And I'm still in the hospital. And, you know, they're called themselves trying to talk some sense into her. But she's like, you know, you might want to go ahead and get on out of here. Which they do. And I definitely would have exposed that. Because it's just like, like, my parents ain't even... Like, have they got their bodies yet? Like, what do you mean? You trying to... But, you know, that's how companies are. They're all about the dollar and all trying to protect their reputation. And so, um, 
you know, after she's released from the hospital, she goes to the funeral home. She has the, um, her parents cremated. And when she walks into the funeral home, her parents, um, what's that woman's name? Serene and the father, Edward Sr., he don't never say nothing. He's just like, he's a real passive man. I'm not going to call him weak. I'm just going to say he real passive. He lets Serene do all the talking and all the hooping and hollering. And it's like, girl, these not even your parents. These are uh, Edward Sr.'s parents. Because, uh, yeah, I had to think about it. I'm like, yeah, so they had Eli- Elias and Shantae. And you have Audra. Oh, no, Edward C. Okay. Anyway, don't even worry about it. Um, <laughs> they, uh, where am I? I don't mess myself up. Serene, sorry. Back to Serene. She is hooping and howling like, you killed my grand, uh, my parents, my grandparents. You killed my parents for the insurance money. It's not bad enough that they gave you a check. You had to kill them, too. And when she woke up in the hospital, she was looking for that bag. I forgot to mention that. Um, She was like, you know, where's my bag? Where's my bag? And her boyfriend was looking at her crazy like, what bag? There was no bag. And so for her to mention the check that her parents gave to her as a graduation gift, let her know that they got there, I guess, before the police did and were able to snatch the bag, which... I'm trying to figure out how that happened. Like, how were they there? Or, you know, even when they got there... Because, no, I, I take that back. They don't have to be there before the police got there. But it's just like, oh, that's our daughter. We'll take her back for her. And they let her do that. So, um... She's like... What, like, what check? Like, how do you know that? And it's like nobody knew because they gave it to her that night and it was inside the bag. So the only way you know that she got a check from them as a present is if you stole that bag. And so she's like, you know, all I'm asking is for you to give me the pictures back from that night. But that would be too much like, right, because then you would have to admit that you actually stole the bag. So she's like, that's another thing on top of y'all already being shitty parents. You've also stolen from me now. So, um, that becomes the narrative around town that she killed her parents for the money. So, she packs it up. I Well, let me take that back. She does sue the wiring company and win um, and gets a settlement of $8 million. And after she wins that case and gets that money because she didn't share any of it with um serene and her brother and sister that becomes a narrative that she killed them just for the money and it's like why i don't get that like family members and it happens too many times of people who don't do nothing for you ain't never around don't contribute to your life in any type of way but feel like you owe them something or feel like because you have so much money that they are entitled to some of it like fam Y'all ain't took care of me all these years. I haven't stayed with y'all. Y'all ain't bought me not one meal. But because I'm the beneficiary and they, lo- I guess, loved me the... Well, I don't want to say love me the... Love me the most. I'll say it. Um, You feel like I just should give you some of the money. No. 
you've been mooshing off them all these years and now that you actually have to pay for something now you're trying to make somebody feel sorry for you and they don't so um she packs up and moves from arkansas to jacksonville florida and this is now what she was 18 she's now 28 so we're now 10 years later and you know she's living a quiet life just to herself now we are introduced to Atreo Coleman, who, you know, he came from a two-parent household. He had a brother and sister as well. You know, like he had a nice life until his father, who was a Marine, you know, was killed overseas. So when that happened, the mom was trying to make it on her small salary that could not afford to take care of herself and three children. So Trey, as he's known, gets out in the streets and, you know, he was selling drugs. He was breaking into houses. And one night he is caught by a policeman. So the policeman is trying to talk to him like, you know, what's your name? Um, You know, you're looking at eight years and all that type of stuff. And at first, you know, Trey trying to play hard. He's like, you know, of course, once he gets him to the jailhouse, he's going to figure out his name. So when he tells him his name, the policeman like, skirt pulls over to the side and yanks him out the car like you know i know your father he wouldn't want you know what is you doing all this for your father would never want this for you and he's like you know my father can't provide um in a grave and he's like you know what about the insurance money and the um i guess life insurance he's like man that ran out you know it wasn't gonna take care of us forever so now i'm doing what i gotta do so the policeman tells him, you got two options. You can either go to jail for the night and then in the morning, go sign yourself up for the Marines or you'll be spending the next six, seven years in jail. And so he's like, man, I'm not doing either one. And he's like, no, you're definitely, well, he punched him in his chest, I think, and in his stomach. And it's like, you're going to sign up for the Marine Corps. Like, you're going to do something with your life. And basically... That's what he did. And so, but, child, why, when he was in the Marines, you know, overseas, saving up all the money, he had saved up $300,000, but he gave his mom, like, she had access to the money. It's like, if you ever need something, here you go. You know, you can get into the account and make sure you get what you need. Why the younger brother like caught himself following in his brother's footstep and trying to get out there and get it? And he keep going back to jail though. It ain't like you got caught one time and you turned your life around. It's like you got caught, got out, you keep going back. Like it's a cycle. And come to find out that the mama done basically spent $240,000 getting this boy in and out of jail. Well, I mean, getting him out of jail. You know what I mean? Like, he keep going back. She keep getting him out. So, of course, he ain't talking to his mama. Because he like, girl, are you serious right now? Like, I thought, you know, if he ever did retire from the Marines, he had something to fall back on. He was going to start a company. He had things planned. And now he can't do none of that because all he left with is $60,000. And in the grand scheme of things, that ain't really too much money. So... And one day while he was out, I think in the field, somebody gun goes off on accident 
and the bullet like ricochets off of something and hits him in the knee. So he had to go get surgery. And after the surgery, they're not letting him back. He's being um honorably discharged. So that messed him up even more. So it's like, I can't get back out there and try to save some more money. I'm basically just asked out. Like, of course, while he was in the Marine, he had, he got three degrees. So it's like, he's not stupid. He has something to fall back on. But what I've heard many Marines say is like, you get used to it. Like, that is your life. So you just basically stay in till you can't no more. And right now he can't, even though he doesn't want to give it up. So, and Trey is 35, I believe. So now that he's back home, he runs into his um, high school sweetheart at the store. And she's like, you know, here's my number. Let's look up. And that was when he first got home. We're now like almost a year later. And him and Chelsea had a baby. So he now has a daughter. Um, but when he first got home, uh, cause I'm getting ahead of myself, he, uh, went to see his sister and told her, you know, like, I need to crash on your couch till I can get myself together, but I'm not going to be there long. I just need to find me a job and I'm going to get a place and, you know, like, boom, bow It's whatever. Her sister is an accountant. So when he was walking out, he ran into a woman. Now he doesn't know it, but it's. Audra Smith, and she's just sad all the time because she's had two boyfriends since she moved to Florida, and they both have been killed. So she's just sad all the time. So that was their first encounter. So the next encounter is the funeral of the second boyfriend that was murdered. And, um, I think he tries to offer her a tissue or something like that, but she just says that she's not interested. So, you know, they really don't get to talk then, but he's just so intrigued by her. And their third encounter is Audra and her best friend Portia at a bar. Like, they're drinking, and across the bar they see a Trey and a friend of his named Haran. Now, Haran was also in the Marines, but he has also been honorably discharged. And so, like, it's like a friend hookup thing. Like, he goes over, Trey goes over to talk to Audra, and um, Haran talks to Portia. Now, Portia is married to a woman, and Haran is also married. He's married to his young love they've been together since they were 14 you know but things aren't going good right now because his wife moved out after he had an episode even though he doesn't like to acknowledge it but he actually has PTSD and he wakes up in cold sweats and he choked her out one night so after that she's like you know I'm taking the kids and we're leaving and you have to get some help but he doesn't want to actually talk to a therapist about this because then he would have to admit that he has a problem but she tells him his wife Haran's wife you know we will never get back together unless you take the steps to get help and going to get help he runs into Portia again 
because she's the uh, I th- like the receptionist. She was sitting at the desk while he was waiting to um, talk to the therapist, and so they become friends in that sense of whenever he needs somebody to talk to, or you know he finds himself waking up in a cold sweat. Portia is there instead of his wife. Like she's never around. Now, when he needs her, when he asks her for her help, she won't respond or she has an excuse for everything. And it's just like, wow. Um, And so, she keeps running from him. Like, anytime he tries to talk to her because she thinks that she's cursed, she just won't talk to him at all. She just refused. She lets it go. Um, And so, then we have... He's okay. Sorry, y'all. I got a little commotion going on in my background. Um, and so we have Trey. Trey, like I said, Trey and Chelsea have a baby, and he believes that she's going through some postpartum because she won't interact with the baby, she won't hold the baby. It's just really. She wants nothing to do with the baby. She'll leave. And he's taking care of the baby all on his own. And she's upset at the fact that he won't marry her or move in with her. But he told her, like, even before they had the baby, that's just not where he is. And he doesn't want to do that. So it's just like, even you having this baby was not going to change my mind about that. So I'm sorry if you did this thinking that it was. And she's like, you know, I've had this thought in my mind since I was in high school that we were going to get married and all this stuff. And he's like, well, so sorry, girl, but I told you what it was. So I don't understand how you're shocked about this. And um, one night he gets a phone call from, nope, I'm jumping ahead of myself. So let's switch over to Audra. Audra has been trying to have a baby but she can't. And that goes back into a flashback of before she left for Florida, you know, her and her high school boyfriend, they were still um, going strong. He was her support system and she was pregnant, but she had a miscarriage and then she found out that he was cheating and he stole like almost two hundred thousand dollars from her so after that you know she packed up without saying anything and she left because she's like i can't deal with this you were like the last person that i could count on and look at what you're doing so she left and since then she had tried to get pregnant with the first boyfriend and she couldn't and then when she met the second boyfriend you know as soon as they got together they started trying to have a baby and when it wasn't working, they also um, stored up a lot of his sperm for um, insemination to just keep trying. And it never worked for her. And she was at the doctor's office using the very, she had used the very last of the boyfriend's sperm and it still didn't take. So, you know, she's crying and boohooing and very sad. And when she walks out, she runs into Trey with the car seat so she finds out that he has a baby and um you know she 
it was weird though because it's like for them to have never they still don't know each other like this he has her sit down with him and um go back into the doctor's appointment with him and that kind of brings them closer together in a sense of him seeing her with the baby so then because what he has his baby okay then that leads up to where i was going with that my bad so one night he gets a call from haran it's it's a bad night he needs somebody to sit with him he needs somebody with him and so trey gets up and you know starts packing up the baby well first he goes to chelsea like i need to go see about my friend like he's not doing so well um can you take the baby whose name is Karina and um she's like you not finna leave this house trying to go be with one of your hoes so um and you not taking my baby out this late at night so I guess you just stuck and he like man you got me fucked up so he you know walks back out the room start getting the baby dressed and she coming out there doing all that hooping and hollering like I told you you wasn't taking my baby nowhere so it's like okay then take your baby like take her then you said she can't go out at night or go out tonight because it was raining really badly so take her so i can go check on my friend like this ain't no woman this is my friend and we're not together so i don't even have to explain that to you for real i'm being real courteous about it and so um he he don't got the baby dress he like man whatever we're not even gonna go through this um, and so as he's walking out the door with the baby, she pushes him, which whew, he's so much better than me. Cause when I tell you, I would have turned around and like broke her jaw. Cause it's like, but which he does, like after he get the baby in the car, he turned around and he yoke her up. Cause he like, if you would have made me fall down and drop my baby and like land on my baby, I would have whooped your ass. Um, and so, she's like, whatever, I'm going, da, 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 da. He's like, man, I ain't got time for this. So, anyway, he called in a favor to, um, I forgot what that man's name was. Like, somebody he was cool with in the army. And he got a file on Audrey. So, he read up on her. He know all about her. And so, even without them still being cool he ain't got her phone number none of that this nigga pulls up to her house yes to her house and says you know i'm so sorry but i need you to watch my baby while i go check on my friend and it's just not safe for um her to be around because i don't know what i'm walking into so it's just like huh and what's it like how does this make sense to you Cause you don't even really know her because in while he's taking her over there he's saying to himself like i hope she's not crazy and i ain't gotta beat her ass about my baby so it's like exactly you don't know her so why are you dropping her off to a lady that you don't know you don't know she gonna run off with the baby or nothing um but she's like yeah of course you know leave her here i'll take care of her you go check on him and see what's going on and so he does, he leaves out and he goes to Haran's place. And Haran is sitting there like with a whole bottle of liquor that's empty. 
And before they can even get into their conversation, good, there's a knock on the door. It's Portia. So Portia's there to check on him. And he stands up like, oh, I can't believe you came. They hug. So Trey is like, oh, I guess I can, you know, slide on out then. Let me go ahead. Um, and he goes back to Audra's house. And um, she told him, like, there's a key up under the mat. Let yourself in. There you go. Now, also, it's, I'm telling you, like, the story is a lot, y'all. I'm sorry if I'm jumping all over the place, but it's just so much information that I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Um, so, with her not being able to have children, when she turned 21, she applied to become a foster mom. So... And she was approved and there was a young man by the name of Lamar that has been in and out of her place. You know, he'll be adopted and, um, but he never likes where he, first of all, he was being abused by his parents and, um, they had like got themselves together enough to where he had to go back with them. But then he showed up to her house with two black eyes and you know uh he was right back with her and it's just been that way for years i think the first time he was 10 if i'm not mistaken and now he's 16 so he always comes back to her he loves her and it's like you know he can't be without her and so But she never fully, like, adopted him. Like, he comes and stays with her, and, you know, it is what it is. But it's never him fully being able to stay with her. And when he sees Trey, he's upset because he just thinks that she's going to, like, push him to the side and not care about him anymore because she now has Trey. And it's like, as things are progressing between the couple, Trey and um, Lamar, they start getting closer. And he's like, uh, Trey is um, training him for football. I forgot about that. Um, Because, you know, he's like, I want to get bulked up for football because he's like a skinny little thing and then she gets a call audra does from the caseworker like there is a baby that was born with drugs in their system and you know they're available for adoption if you want if you want her and so she's thought about it and she tells trey about it and she takes lamar out to dinner she was trying to take him out to dinner alone so she could talk to him about it, but he um he invited um Trey along. So when they're at the dinner, he's uh she tells him, you know, this is a situation with the baby and I'm thinking about adopting him. What do you think? And when he heard that, my man was hurt. He was like, How you adopt? So you're going to adopt this baby, but you won't never adopt me? Like, make that make sense. And so he gets up and walks away. But um, 
Trey goes after him and talks to him and brings him back in. And he apologizes and he's like, you know, I didn't mean to walk out on you like that. But, you know, how come you don't, how come you don't want me, man? And it's, I'm sorry. so perfectly like how come how come you don't want me man um and she tells him like you know you never asked me to adopt you like if you would have asked me like baby boy we would have been done and so uh they make it clear that she's gonna be adopting him and you know the little girl and they're gonna be like one happy family and trey has just inserted himself into the situation and so now you know they're going together and they adopted this little girl together so they just became a ready-made family like really quickly um and Portia and Haran keep doing this back and forth thing because it's like he loves his wife he wants to be with his wife he's not leaving her but then he finds out that the wife is actually cheating on him. Because it's like, she would just be lying, not really saying nothing. But it's just like avoiding him. And he didn't have real proof until one night she lied on the kids. And so he sat outside until the car pulled up. And as soon as the car pulled up, he looks inside. And she in the back seat giving his man head. So he hops in the front seat goes in the man's glove box pulls out a gun and like holds it up to both of them and makes her continue giving him head until he like pushes her down onto him and he and she throws up on him and it, and just walks out so after that you know he's done which i found so disgusting but i was just like Ugh. um that was ugh. like reading that i was like that's so gross but yeah he was tired he was fed up he couldn't believe that she would do that to him although he cheated on her a few times and you know i guess of course women are just supposed to take it and let it be what it is you can't be upset about a man cheating but when you cheat on a man whoo baby but we already know how i feel about that i ain't we ain't even gonna go back down that road um and so she's start now she's starting to act like Chelsea. She is boo boo the fool. She wanna know where he at, what he doing, what time he gonna be there, how long he gonna be there, who was he with? Let me smell your dick. Let me, what you doing? What the, who in your background? She pops up to his job, like all of a sudden she every time he asked her to be somewhere, she could never be, but now she could be there. She all up and through there, acting like wife of the year. And he really not paying her no attention because you know he is now really focused on Portia like they have great chemistry it's really working for them and so um but he also tells her that they can't be together because she wants kids he had a vasectomy he's like you know I got my three kids my son is about to go to college like I I can't be what you want and basically like I said, he said he's not leaving his wife. So not only is he not leaving his wife, he don't want to have kids, any more kids. So it's just like, what are we doing here then? Nothing. So, all right. Adios. But just like a nigga too, the moment she goes on a date, 
with somebody else that nigga couldn't take it he was like a day but even before that though right let's talk about how audra and her family baby it was a mess so come to find out that the house that her biological parents were staying in was actually owned by the grandparents but like i said they was free loan off them and they didn't have to pay no rent so um but when she found that out and she took over the property, she told them they either had to pay rent or they was going to get out. So every month it was a situation of them not sending her uh, the money through cash app. So she would call and say, you know, y'all ain't paid. So I'm coming down there to kick y'all out. And she actually does make the trip one time. Girl rented a jet and everything um, to go down there. And basically, like, she fought with her mom. She punched her sister. And then she went to the empty lot where the house used to be and just cried her little heart out. Then she went to um, the cemetery to see her parents and, you know, cried with them because she hadn't been there in a while. And, um, you know, she's just getting all these emotions out because she's just like, you know it's been so long and I really let them get to me and I don't know why I let them get to me um child it was a mess and so but when that was all said and done Trey tells her I think you need therapy like you really need to get this worked out you need to go speak to somebody about this and let it be known what's going on with you and he did it in a way that I don't like I've made my stance very clear. I do not like the, um, you know, you got to let that hurt go. You holding on to it. You just, you know, yeah, but what about the, and it's just like when people try to make excuses for the person who's doing the wrong doing against the person who's being wrong, it's just like, I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't care. I don't care what their situation could have been. Cause even after all these years, they are my parents and they just refuse to reach out and help and hand my way. Like, no, I, I'm on her side. I'm like, I don't care. Um, But anyway, so she does start going to therapy. And her therapist is Miss Kendra Black. And if you know who Kendra Black is, yes, honey. Um. Anyway, so, you know, she talks to her about it as well and. She tells her that she's having a, what was it, a family retreat and to invite her family so they can get it out in the open of what's going on. So she makes the call to invite them. But of course, the mama is being a little bitch. Like, we ain't got no money. I ain't coming out there to no therapist so they could tell me that I just been doing you wrong all this time. I'm not coming out there. I don't want nothing. It's just like, oh, oh, okay. You're not coming. Okay, cool. You're not coming. Whatever. Um, so she hangs up with her, like, and tells Trey, you see, I tried. I tried. She didn't accept. So here we go. Um, and um he's like you know yeah i hear you but then her phone rings back and it's her father and he's like you know what what was your phone call just about like what's up and she tells him the same thing and he's like i would love i would love that like yes please i would love that and 
she's like, but he basically says the same thing. He's like, you know, we ain't got no money. We can't make it out there. And she's like, I, I know. Y'all ain't never got no money. Exactly. But I'm paying for it because I want this to happen. So, you know, they get to the retreat. Whoop-de-whoop. Um, and, of course, it's what she thought it was. Serene don't want to take responsibility for nothing. She refuses to let it go. And it's just like, you know, why did y'all give her up and then go on to have more children? But Serene tells her that you know um her and the father were actually doing drugs when she had her so that's why she was born um premature because she was doing drugs and that's when the grandparents took her and later on down the line she did try to get audra back but basically the grandparents refused and didn't think that she would be a good parent. So to prove them wrong, that's when she went on to have two more kids. And then it's the thing about when she was seven, she heard her parents arguing with her biological parents about um, them giving her, the parents giving the biological parents money to take her on a trip a certain weekend and when that weekend came they had already went on the vacation and this i guess this is news to the dad uh the biological father because he turns to serene and it's like you know i asked you why we couldn't take her and you never really gave me an explanation and all she tells that grown-ass man is don't question me and i guess he doesn't because he don't say nothing else and i'm trying to figure out what the hell um and so she tells her, uh, tells the therapist, like, you know, she's had it made up in her mind that she hates me a long time ago. So I really don't care. And it just is what it is. And Audra says, you know, at this point, I'm fed up. They won't acknowledge what I've been through, all the things that has happened to me. And the father made the mistake of asking her, what has she been through? She turned to that nigga and said, excuse the fuck out of me. What have I been through? And, you know, she just runs down her whole life history. And it's just like the main thing is y'all accuse me of killing my parents. I have to deal with that of people thinking that I killed them just for some money. Thinking that I didn't try to save them when I did. Like, I didn't tell them that I was going to help them jump out the window. And they looked me in my face and said, no, baby, you go. We going to stay here. Y'all wasn't there. Y'all don't know shit about what I've been through. About what I had to experience that night. About the fact that y'all came and stole my check and built, and was living off that money. Or the fact that y'all fight with me every month about not paying me money. And just living y'all life like y'all just get to live rent free with no problem. Like, like, come on now. Or about the fact, you know, like, all the other stuff she was going through. Like, how the two boyfriends died. Uh, miscarriages. The insemination not working. Like, come, don't try to make it seem like my life just was easy. Just because I got some money. And so, whoo, child. Then she ran outside. She threw up. And it's just like, I can't, I can't do this. So, Serene left. But the dad and the brother and sister stayed. Because they're like, you know, finally realizing like, okay, yeah, this has been fucked up for a while. Let's work this out. And so, you know, they 
because what was that like the the little retreat thing that was the end of the book but the epilogue was come to find out that her and serene like they still ain't talking like that but they will say happy birthday and like happy holidays whatever the occasion is but her and the other family members are actually in a group chat now you know they're family now basically and her and Trey got married. They had a baby because he had her take a pregnancy test. Like after she had threw up that night. But they came. It was actually two pregnancy tests. And they both came back negative. But come to find out she actually was pregnant. But it was just too early to tell. So they now have four children. Starting with the oldest Lamar. Uh, I believe Karina. And then the baby that they adopted. Her name was Adira. And then uh, baby AJ, because it was a boy and he was named after Trey. And which, I'm not a writer. I was just going to say. So I'm, but kind of what I wish would have happened was Bianca just left it as her being the adoptive mother or the foster mother, you know, like that type of thing. Because it's like, of course, she could have kids because she had the two miscarriages. So she could carry a baby. But I kind of just like the thought of her, like, you know, I created my family. This is my family. We got Lamar who ain't never going nowhere. And um, the two babies. Like you had two baby girls that she was raising at one time. So that could have been enough for her. But I understand her wanting to have her own baby. And another thing that kind of, it was kind of crazy. Because it was her, like when her and Trey did agree to be together, she was calling like every hour or like every 10 minutes like where you at what you doing are you okay like just making sure that he's okay oh shit see this is what i'm talking about so much stuff happening in the movie so before like the therapy and the retreat and shit and all that um she had got dressed because um she was congratulating uh trey on opening his own like uh private investigator company right and um trey and lamar was like i'll get in a haircut and she had went and got her hair flat iron but anyway she just had a feeling in her gut that something was wrong child why she get a phone call from lamar that trey had been shot and her world was just whew, she passed out it was a mess child but um come to find out later at that dinner um because they had the dinner like two days later and um who should like Chelsea showed up trying to act a fool and um Audra told her like girl you already know how my uh left hook worked because when she agreed to adopt the baby girl her Trey and Lamar and Karina had went shopping and while they was in this <laughs> while uh Audra had took the baby to the bathroom somehow Chelsea was there and she just tried to snatch the baby from Audra so you know Audra like punched her in her mouth and pushed her away because it's like she ain't never melt Chelsea because Chelsea wasn't never around it's like yeah this your baby but don't nobody really know because you ain't never there so but when she shows up to this dinner trying to act a fool Audra told her like girl you already know how my hands work so I don't think you want to act a fool up in here so you know what you trying to do sweetheart um and they got engaged what was that? Yeah, they got engaged like the night he got shot because he was like, you know, I love you even though you crazy, even though you whoop de whoop whoop de whoop whoop de whoop you mind. Because she was just listing a whole bunch of stuff like, but this, but this, but this. And he like, okay, and I accept all that. So, so what's up? You know, like it really don't make me no never mind. 
we gonna do this or not and so they did and um in the end she was like you know just thank you for loving me and putting up with me and he's like of course I was that's what I was made to do is to love you and to take care of you so I hope you guys enjoyed this all over the place review as the last episode of 2020 2021 and I will see you guys in 2022 Happy New Year's. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people. Peace.